All right. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Aleda. And I'm Miranda. And together we make up the sidekicks, kicks, kicks, kicks. <laughs> and we're back with we another are. episode. Are we reading Flashpoint? No. <laughs> but we are reading someone's work who worked on Flashpoint. So we're reading uh, Noctera that's published through Image Comics. Um, the writer was is Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder, if you remember, uh, wrote Project Superman 1 through 3 God. during the Flashpoint. I mean, it's not the worst Flashpoint book. It's not, thankfully. I think we actually were like, this one's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of the better ones in Flashpoint. And I didn't know that until I looked at, I was trying to look at like his works to see what he's worked on. And it was like, Flashpoint. I was like, hold the phone. Scroll up. And then I saw it. Um, he did, I believe that was like in the beginning of his career though. Yeah. Like I said, we're reading Noctera. Um, the writer is Scott Snyder. The artist is Tony S. Daniel and the colorist is Tom- Tomio Murray. Um, and oh, I've seen that colorist before. Yeah. He has done, all of these folks have been on, I guess like a quick, a quick like history. I don't know. It's not, is it history of having two years ago? I don't know. <laughs> it's history it's recent history um scott tony and uh tomio have worked they're kind of coming off the tail or coming off of like a run at dc so they've all worked on batman comics they've worked on well batman's like the most popular one but they've all worked in dc (laughs) and they um scott and tony i believe were the ones that did a kickstarter um Mm -hmm. to be able to get noctera made and yeah so it is pretty like it's pretty cool it's cool that it was something that like the community wanted to see as well because if you're unfamiliar with kickstarting like from my understanding i've never kickstarted anything but Mm -hmm. it is like you're a creator you want to make this thing you have like a mock-up of it and you're selling it to like investors quote unquote and it's just the community so people can give you money for it and you have a goal it's it's shark tank but at like burger king Yes, it's by the people, for the people, kind of. Um, yeah, and that was Scott Snyder's first Kickstarter project. And it was Noctera 1 Collector's Edition with Tony Estaniel. Um, well, having read this book, it is money well spent. It is. It's really good. Again, I didn't know a whole lot of it. I just looked up. We just read um, a different Image Comics. We read um, I... I Kill Giants. And that was Image Comics. And I was like, I want to do an Image Comics too. So I looked up Image Comics, comics. And Gail Simone wrote, and she wrote on Batgirl, I think. Yeah. Gail Simone is the person that uh, coined the term fridging. Yes. Okay. So I respect her. (laughs) And she has like a little kudos on the back. And it was like, it's as good as you've heard. It's actually better. And I was like, sold. I want to read this. (laughs) I, you know what? Any book that is written by a dude that stars like a female protagonist that Gail Simone says is all right, then I hope it's all right. Exactly. I was like, this, I have high hopes. And the the cover is very like powerful. It's the, the main character. Her name is Val. And she's standing like staring at the audience like with weapons. And there's like fucking like some gruesome stuff happening in the back. And I'm like, I'll watch it <laughs> or but I'll read it. This is action packed. She uh, looks like Laura Croft Tomb Raider, kind of. She does. It is It is giving that, absolutely. Um, but, you know, she's proportionate. 
the stance, although is male gaze, I still feel like it's a power stance. So I was okay with it. Yeah. Well, like, I think, like, uh, Val as a protagonist is in some ways, like, you can definitely see the influences of, like, all of those female protagonists in action films. Yes. But it's kind of like, it is so loving. Yes. You know, like, this is. is somebody that loves Laura Croft. This is some, this is like somebody that loves, I don't remember, uh, Ridley, Scott Ridley, or not Scott Ridley, uh, horror movie. Alien. Alien. The, um, Sigourney Weaver's character. Yes. I don't remember her name. Yeah, like this is someone's yelling at the podcast the name of her. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Hold on, because <laughs> someone is like, "You guys, please." <laughs> oh, I saw know, Alien wrong. <laughs> like this is it's very sci-fi action foot action movie like this comic book, but this is like somebody that really loves that is what it feels like. Yeah, like they grew up watching these movies, um, mm-hmm. and they were heavily influenced by it character the good thing is that i'm editing editing this one <laughs> you always hear the clicks when i look things up click 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 uh why is it so hard to find well y'all uh oh ellen ripley is the character's name okay ellen ripley ellen yeah. yeah um yes anyway so yeah it has a lot of that it is like a like a creature feature <laughs> i didn't a know little. that there's body I mean, horror there is body horror it's like a zombie a zombie book if you don't i mean Ooh. spoiler alert but... <laughs> can i talk about the premise absolutely so in a world where the sun has gone dark where in tw- it took 23 minutes for the sun to go out and now the earth is just left in eternal nightfall creatures live in the shadows anything that is stuck outside in the dark for more than 10 hours starts to mutate and become a creature a monster a shadow form of itself that is hell-bent on hunting everything else it is so scary when i realized what was happening first of all i'll scare the dark <laughs> i am i don't like not see in front of me i don't i don't it freaks me out even like we've been watching it's shark week <laughs> or i think it just ended i don't know we're watching it on max and I'll, they do like night dives on shark week well that's terrifying and it even when it's not nighttime i'm like so it's just dark <laughs> like it's just nighttime in the ocean all the time after a certain point uh terrifying not meant to be in the ocean no, but the people love it. They're in there. Well, my husband, he eats it up. He loves sharks. <laughs> He's like, that's gorgeous. Look at that beautiful shark. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let it be in there. And let me be watching it up here because it's so scary. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, that premise is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was excited. Like I said, it does look very, and I do, I do like action movies. I do like I don't watch a whole lot of them because they are pretty predictable but when like I get a kick I'll be watching like I liked Wanted I know it's problematic y'all I will watch them like I'll watch Salt like I'll watch those stupid <laughs> movies and I'm like oh it's a lady like she's being a badass I'll watch it. <laughs> but no shock it is part of my personality um so yeah if I see like a strong looking character that I'm like oh yeah okay I'll I'll you know I'll read it uh, but yeah, it, it is full of love. It is a project of love. It is still going on. We will be reading the first volume, which is like the first five or six issues. First six issues. Is it the six? Okay. Um, the first six issues. And then there is a volume two and a volume three now. So it is a successful comic. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, it was a Kickstarter, but it did get picked up by Image Comics. So it's running through them now, um, which yeah. is super cool. I really like that. 
and I like the writing in this book is great. The art is beautiful. The coloring is beautiful Oh, in a, amazing. in a story that revolves where light is such a major component and the different aspects of light and the different qualities of light. Like that is, that can be something super hard to represent in like a flat medium. And this book, like Gorgeous. it, you can tell there's a difference between firelight and there's a difference between neon light and there's a difference between ambient light and, and fluorescent lights and, It's amazing. Yeah. Um, had you read this before or were you familiar with it at all? No. No? No. Okay. Oh, How about nice. you? <laughs> um, no. Like, no, I wasn't. Um, I just forgot that segment. But yeah, so we both were, this is like new for both of us. So, but yeah, what Miranda's saying is absolutely correct. I think this is, I don't want to say it's a new, it's not necessarily a new style of comic books but I do think this is like very much of its time which each panel is like its own little painting um digital like I would say this is all digital art Yeah, this is from like uh, 2021-2022. yeah so it's it's very current to what is popular to see artists produce right now it's it's not thankfully it's not like the 2011s like latex fucking costumes like wet drapery costumes on all the women Um, you can tell that her costume like is made out of like some type of leather or something, but it's not like wedged into her ass like in the two thousand the two thousand comics. Um, there is I liked just from like a glance like there's diversity in this. The Vala is Uh, I think Val is supposed to be, um, like I think she's supposed to be from Latin America. yes, and then her oh yes yes because she gets adopted in right. So we have like. Latina representation, her brother is African American, her friend is African American, the there are white there are white characters on this as well. Um there's men, women, body diversity, like age like diversity. It's it's very pretty. Um it's nice that that was taken into consideration. I think a lot of times we don't see that. Um there's kids in this. It's super cool. Yeah. Um Yeah, so Scott Snyder was a writer. Tony S. Daniel was the um the artist. Colors is Tomel Moray. Editor was Will Dennis. Assistant editor was Tyler Jens. And graphic design is Emma Price and Erica Snaps. I don't know how to say that. Snaps. Snaps. Okay. The S C H always gets me. It's like I don't. These letters together are. so much for my I brain mean, it's a lot of consonants all <laughs> in a row. oh gosh well bless her because this is a phenomenal piece of work but Yeah. yeah the And then name the letters were done by And World Designs. yes thank you oh yeah and the lettering is really cool too uh they do a lot it is kind of in your face because they do bold a lot of stuff for us Yeah. <laughs> uh and you know what as someone who will miss the point I appreciate it in this context um But yeah, I guess let's just kind of get into it. Uh, our our protagonist is Val. It stands is short for Valentina. Val Riggs, also called Sundog, which is such a sick name. I was like, yes, she's got that dog in her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, it is I think we're gonna know my answer for recommends. But we start with her, and it's like a memory. She is kind of, or she is like a. <laughs> What is it like? Unreliable, unreliable narrator. well she's like this entire story is in her perspective and Yes. so we're getting her internal thoughts Yes. and so she spends a long time of this like meditating on sort of the poor the before times and right after the darkness hit versus now which is 13 years later Right. Right. And this book does a really good job of sort of unspooling uh, what happened. Mm And hmm 
in telling us about her character by showing us like not just what what she does but what she thought about what she does and how she tells the story of her memories mm -hmm. like i wouldn't necessarily call her like an unreliable narrator i think it's more like she doesn't think linearly yes and it's not written like that like you start with a memory and it's pretty uh kind of, it's like a trope like oh when i was a kid like i remember when this happened or like people always ask you like for example 9 11 like people always ask yeah. like where were you when 9 11 happened you know if you were born um and that that's always like a conversation and people are like well i was like for i was a kid i was like in <laughs> elementary school and i didn't go to school that day um xyz everybody has like a story and one of the points that she makes which i thought was really good because at first i was like i don't know where they're going with this like i kind of see it it's like a plot device mm -hmm. um but she'll like her she's like well i was with my family and we were in the car and we were driving and i, I have that memory of us and then by the end of that like telling of it she's like well it doesn't really matter like i was there but not really you know so it kind of yeah. gives you I guess that's where I was like, oh, she's kind of unreliable, but she is just telling you and like, by the end of it, she's like, it doesn't fucking matter because I'm here now. Yeah. Is that like everyone will. Um, so the, the big thing that happens in this world is that 13 years ago, um, the sky went dark and there's like eternal darkness now. Right. And it took like 23 minutes for it to happen. And everybody tells stories about like where they were when the sun went out in essence. Right. Mm -hmm. But and it's like this big touchstone that like connects people it's one of those things that you that like anyone in this world they have a story about well right. one of the things that's really key in like this emotionally is that she meets a little girl who was born after the sun went out yes and like that kind of this entire like six issue series like this entire six issue story um val keeps returning to this idea of like the time directly afterwards and meditating on the past and then she meets this little girl and then by the end of the book she's like it the past does not matter what matters is what we do in the here and now right um so good yeah dreams uh yeah. <laughs> so good um, but we do establish that she, her family was made up of like a dad and a mom and she has her brother and it's her and her parents are like trying to console her because that's what adults do with children, which is good. Yeah. Um, so like <laughs> uh, her and her brother are at school when the darkness hits and then obviously it's an emergency. So like parents come pick them up and they're driving home and they're just kind of like trying to make it okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, Flash forward 13 years. Yep. She's in, she's driving yes she uh, is what is called a ferryman yes very cool and a ferryman is like a long-haul trucker mixed with like um gosh what, what would be the word for it like, like a, a train conductor like a train yeah like a train conductor because it's like a it is a long haul but it's been like suited so people can sit and travel in the back of it but there's no windows there's nothing you're like sitting in the trailer yeah, because again, it is dangerous to be stuck out in the dark. Yeah, and it's lit up the mm -hmm. inside. It does. It looks like a rig, like if like a long, like a a rig. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a trucker rig. Yeah, so it has the lights. So you you're kind of familiar. I do like that they play with like say it's thirteen years in the future, but that still looks the same. It's a it's a semi truck, mm -hmm. uh, and it's covered with lights. Uh, and we're seeing that she's like driving, but then they get attacked by like a swarm of little like black creatures. Yeah. And she has like a set, she has like travelers in, in the back of it. So she's doing her job. Mm -hmm. um, one of yeah. them does freak out, unfortunately, poor thing. 
Uh, okay, so like this is a world in which there are monsters everywhere. Uh, yes. One of the things that they stress is that there's very few like human outposts because anything that gets stuck in the dark for too long is is gone. Like it just isn't anymore, yeah. right? And so uh, a lot of human settlements didn't last very long in like the very first month after the lights went out. Yeah, just because like how do you plan for something? How do you plan for magical, mystical, evil darkness? You you can't. <laughs> uh you you really can't because there's no explanation like you don't know why the sun went out it just went out and then it affected everything yeah so if like your dog was out for too long and then be it turned into something called a shade mm-hmm. um and the shades are just like this is what i'm like it's like kind of like a zombie like yeah it's like evil dead yeah so it and then it they attack humans like mm-hmm. they attack them they probably eat them they don't really establish that but they do kill humans or anything really um and yeah. so she's the ferryman that transports them from post to post mm-hmm. from yeah. like these little human settlement to little human settlement mm-hmm. and so uh and and they do like a good job of showing that every aspect of this world has adapted to this new reality in yes. fashion people wear light yes which is very cool there's one person wearing like a morph suit but it's it has a bunch of led lights on it yeah (laughs) so Uh, it it looks really cool and so she has a very dangerous job but like a very necessary job yes and you know it's she doesn't she's not just driving people from point a to point b she's also like um kind of like a, a wagon train leader in the old west also has to deal with like if their wagon train gets attacked yes and so she has like things that are outfitted onto her big rig. Um, it's heavily implied that the creatures don't like light in any form or fashion. And so like she literally has flashbangs that she throws to scare them off. Yes. Very good. They're like and, flare guns, right? Yeah. 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 But like the people in the back, there are no windows. The darkness is dangerous. And so they're just hearing the sounds. And one of them freaks out and opens the door, which is such a classic horror movie trope. It is. Yeah. Like, don't open the door. Don't right. look at the windows. Don't open the doors. Right. Uh, <laughs> that character does. They get killed immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. And Val, and this is like a like an action sequence so we're yeah. learning we're getting exposition but we are seeing like val do the mm-hmm. that role of like protector as well so she's like damn like the cargo's in the back like these people are in the back mm-hmm. and i have to save them and so she kind of like th- she does save them she like throws the beast away yeah but it's her crawling over her speeding rig to get to them so badass yeah another <laughs> action hero trope like running on top of a car like running on top of the, the train to- and mm-hmm. fighting so sick. Ugh love it yeah and so like she manages to get the shade out but she hits the road and so now we have this tension of she is surrounded by monsters she is in the darkness the darkness is dangerous is inherently dangerous and then boosh she just happens to be close enough to the outpost that somebody hits her with a spotlight such a pretty visual their um world building in this is amazing so we see that it's black spotlight and then i it took everything not to text miranda last night because <laughs> then we see the outpost and it's like a city it's like mm-hmm. tents and it's all really lit up because you need yeah. to have light here it aesthetically it looks like fallout it is so cool i was like i would i would want to visit this like i would want like disney to do an extension to like the star wars <laughs> land a disney version of dystopia yeah and then it's star wars and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like a tent tented area it it does it felt like 
that that installation in Disneyland. But it's yeah. it's really pretty. The light, like we're, this, is warm tones. Um, but we see where she's establishing like this is kind of like an outpost, or it is an outpost, and we see this. There are like rumors of places called sanctuaries. Yeah. <clears throat> what makes a sanctuary different than an outpost is that um, a sanctuary has access to sun lamps. Yes. In theory. Yes. So like they have something approximating sunlight, which is apparently like the best quality of light. But they do we don't get large discussions of different qualities of light, but we get the implication that different of different qualities of light have different effects. Yeah. Um, so there's that and it's usually like rich people, but um, you know, Val lives in reality. So she's like, I don't give a fuck about sanctuaries because I live in an outpost and I need money. Uh, and that's why she has a job, which, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Reading that I was like, how is it that we're there and capitalism's still here? Like <laughs> we still need to get money. Sadness. Sadness for me. Yeah. Uh as she enters the city, she has her gums checked. Because again, she in the dark now make sure she's not like she's not infected. Yes. Uh the and what they establish is that the darkness mutated cats and dogs and deer and bears and fish and all of those other things into awful monsters, right? Mm-hmm. And they continue mutating the longer, like, they're in the darkness, right? Mm-hmm. But humans that get stuck in the darkness, they become the worst of the worst. They are the apex predators of this world. Yes. They uh, get called shades and then later smudges. Yeah. And uh, the way that you know that someone is becoming um, a, a shade is that it starts with their gums. Their gums darken and then the infection spreads to their bones and the rest of their flesh. Yeah. And the final stage of the infection is their pupils change. And that's how you know they're too far gone. Yes. Um, so we are kind of being told that as she's going through action. We do meet her, like her friend. Uh, her friend's name is, I forgot her friend, Bellwether. Uh, and I do like, Bell- Bellwether is like the cage manager. Like she's like, she's yeah. she's there. She's a badass. She's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> she's dispatch. She is. She's super cool. Uh, she wears like a cool pink hat um and then she she val thinks that she has a job at this place called tipton tipton has fallen and she's like what the fuck nobody told me about this yeah money i'm supposed to go there and like nobody told me yeah but it's not just the job in to read about no she was going to get a little bit of extra something on the side there uh-huh. and that something was a <laughs> yeah so she has some some contraband <laughs> some good yeah um as she's like pissed off about it she's like oh, man she's trying to leave this old man called grandpa mm-hmm. and this younger kid probably like an 11 year old yeah. um it, they need her help they're like hey can you take us to this other place um it's special and he like shows a sunburn which is like mm-hmm. whoa there's no sun how'd you get a sunburn right and it's like whoa. right <laughs> um and I'm he's... sorry. I called bullshit on like the sunburn immediately. Oh yeah. I was like looking at that thing and I was like, that is not a sunburn. That might be an actual burn, but it yes, it is dramatic. It looks like an actual burn. Like it's peeled and blistered. Like, oh my god. And also, how would you get just the sunburn on like that one square of skin? Right. It was weird. Like, you're telling me that in a world full of pasty pale people, a dude's rocking around with a tan and nobody's <laughs> noticing. Nobody says anything. Those are right, right? great like unless questions. bronzer just became a thing in this world. It existed. We still want to look like we just came back from a uh, cruise. <laughs> I mean, I guess the beauty standard of this world would it would be you would want to look sun kissed. You would. You'd look healthy, <laughs> or you know, not a shade. Yeah. 
excuse me um so he's like yo like okay but like it's good like come on like please take us and he shows her the sunburn she's like and mm-hmm. i'm supposed to believe that there's a sanctuary with other humans and blah blah, blah. uh-huh whatever pay me or i'm not doing it mm-hmm. and they're like well we'll pay you when we get there and she's like well then i'm not doing it know your value yeah it's a good negotiation tactic <laughs> so, exactly. no one like, to say no <laughs> val is somebody who is very firmly grounded in reality and yes. she has been in survival mode for the past 13 years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she goes home and we see her younger brother, Emery. Yes. Emery is two years younger than her. And he is like the artificer. Yes. Like to her badass. Yes, 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 yes. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes inventions. He makes like, uh, I think, oh, flash pops. And those are like flash bombs. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I made them brighter. Like, like- little <laughs> tiny bombs that explode into light yes so cool (laughs) they're like the size of a pez (laughs) yes yes they're amazing anyway so he's like trying to fix stuff and da 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 and like val's like can you stop like just relax because we find out emery is infected yeah at some point emery snuck out of the outpost in the dark for too long yeah and now the authorities are looking for him yes and we see that like his gums are darkening <sighs> there she does like uh mention that they do dialysis and sometimes that works that will help an infection but we're seeing that in his case it's not actually helping him anymore yeah. um, or she's gonna he's gonna have to try again or try harder i it's i wonder if the dialysis ever actually worked or if that was just just another one of those things that people told themselves to help deal with like this impossible yeah you know yeah. like the stories of the sanctuaries yes right like they that's something that val does like return to is this like this things that people told themselves that like it would get better or that it wasn't all bad or that like these these things that are happening are like changes are reversible and then it never turns out right and so um, i wonder if the dialysis ever worked or if it was just like a like a padding to the like crystals yeah yeah <laughs> um so we also learned like earlier earlier on we'll talk about it now uh she mm-hmm. was adopted into her family from another country which i believe was like in latin america and yeah. um she was blind so mm-hmm. she could she had like the type of blindness where it's not total darkness there's like splotches. she had a form of cataracts yeah she was and... born with a form of cataracts and so she lived in darkness until she was four yeah and she i believe it all happened like at once like she got adopted the surgery happened Mm-hmm. she went with her family um but she does kind of talk about that she would say that with her her thing is with her type of with, like cataract she would she hated it obviously but one of the reasons she was really upset about it is like she would catch glances of things like she'd look and like be able to see it for a second and then it would fog over um so she kind of revisits this whole like so where was mm-hmm. i when the darkness hit like oh, i was just recovering from surgery um <laughs> and like changes it right yeah like she she tells the story in multiple ways but i don't think that necessarily is her being unreliable so much as it's like it's her memories yeah yeah it's her memories and we're seeing it in the cyclical fashion yeah right so she has like this great she has a very different perspective on darkness because like she views it as she did live in darkness for Mm -hmm. this period of time and it was Mm -hmm. a cruel darkness yeah one of the things that she returns to uh frequently is talking about like how the other children treated her in that situation they they were not kind the world was not kind to her it was 
darkness for her is something that was always scary and painful. And so when the world became dark, it wasn't it, like she doesn't have that same sort of hope that things will get better. Like she has this very intimate understanding that things want to hurt, that there are things in the world that want to hurt you and you just kind of have to deal with them. Right. Um, so, you know, she's, they do dialysis on M or Emery and mm-hmm. then she makes the decision like, okay, let me go take these people, the grandpa and the child to, to the sanctuary or whatever. Right. And she takes Emery with her. Cause it's hope. Yeah. Cause like she can't stay there. Yeah. Like Emery cannot stay there. The guards are looking for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the place that she was going to take him that had a sun lamp is gone. Yes. So <laughs> what do you do? You go to the place that is like the best hope that you have. Yeah. Uh, so as she, as they leave, they leave. Right. And then mm-hmm. we are, we are introduced to this terrifying, <laughs> this terrifying villain. Ooh um called... such mr blacktop yes blacktop bill yes uh, that was such a good villain it's very very good so as miranda has said like the coloring on this is like amazing so you know where there's light and when there isn't light this villain is a silhouette with teeth <laughs> yeah and it's like it's <gasps> such a good matte black yes like, it's if if this ever gets adapted into like a movie then they better use vanta black on this actor it um it is it's gonna be a netflix series what Mm -hmm. yeah it got picked up we'll see everyone's on strike support your strike but uh you know hopefully it doesn't like get lost in the in the sauce of things but they did acquire like a contract with them but it will be look out for it i'm excited to kind of see how they do it because it's such a beautiful like if they do it right it would be it's going to be amazing um if they don't do it right it will be very disappointing but it's okay we still have the source material and we can just reread this yeah um but yeah he's terrifying and his teeth like the artists and colorists did a good job because his teeth aren't cartoonish they look pretty like they're they're realistic for comics yeah like they're Um, yellow and imperfect Ugh terrifying anyway so he's looking for the grandpa Mm -hmm. and the child and who's with them val and m (laughs) uh he is like from my understanding he kind of seems like a like a experiment (laughs) gone wrong or right depending on what your goal is yeah he has um he has a matrix of carbon nanotubes that are grafted to his skin yeah because of that like anything he touched he melts someone's face off terrifying Mm -hmm. casually to prove a point and he is looking for information on sundog and the her the her cargo yeah right and he is willing to kill to get that information but we leave on the cliffhanger of uh like we leave on the cliffhanger that the people he is hunting are uh are is the man who killed the son yes like the man who is directly responsible for the dark Dun, dun, dun. then it goes on to the second issue yeah again a memory and this is like the town that they mm-hmm. were at. it's like a suburb it it seems like, yeah. well like any like, they, they lived in denver colorado so this is a yeah. suburb of denver yeah and so that like neighborhood you know like kind of rallied together to try to like stay safe uh mm-hmm. unsuccessfully i'd say because well, they, they didn't did know is they turned to faith and uh as val happily reminds us this entire book like faith doesn't do much unless like you do something with it yes <laughs> so what rapidly develops in like the first month that the sun is out is you have kind of these cults that develop of these people that like go out and spend time in the darkness 
and are just like, I guess, praying or trying to be like, no, this isn't bad. Maybe this is like the gateway to heaven or something. Yes. Yes. They do but- say that. Emery is a child. So Val is 11 when this happens. He's nine. Yeah. Uh, Val has always been like, because of her background, because of her childhood, she's like, no, no, no. Like you see the adults all mm-hmm. like praying, like prayer circle style. And she's like, I got all the batteries. <laughs> Right. All the she's in the immediately she's immediately like all right we, we need batteries for flashlights we need water bottles we need granola bars what is non-perishable yeah like we need to have an escape ready mm-hmm. um and you know emery's hopeful he's like but what if this is heaven like what if this is like the pre-heaven like we're just like in a weird limbo before the rapture happens or whatever like the dark before the light and he, she's you know being nice and kind she's like yeah maybe Maybe it is. But in her brain, she's like, it's absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) To him, he's she's like, maybe it is. Um, It's a it's a reoccurring theme of her capitulating to her brother because like she's that's the person she's doing everything for. Oh, yes. It's not for her. It's for her. brother. Um, So like, even though she knows that nothing good is going to come of this and that they need to figure this shit out now and that like mom and dad probably shouldn't just be standing out with candles. (laughs) <laughs> yes. she is willing to humor everybody because she loves them yeah so we also start a count of the miles so it's it's a very it reminded me of Watchmen. so Watchmen, if you've read it yes uh it has the clock and the clock is going mm-hmm. this one you'll change it and it's a all black panel which like i'm surprised this book didn't cost more money thank you for being low cost <laughs> like to do all black is expensive anyway uh, and then at the bottom, it says like the miles left. And mm-hmm. it took me an embarrassingly long amount of embarrassingly, embarrassingly long to figure out that it was the miles to their point. I don't know oh. why I was just like, oh, like after like three of them, I was like, oh, it's like a countdown. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we see them at like a little like safe post area mm-hmm. and it's all lit up with like neon signs. Yeah, again, going back to the world building, because like there's these long haul truckers that take people from one outpost to the next, and they realistically can't always make the drives in one go. Uh, Most of their rigs are electronic, uh, are like electric, they don't run on diesel. And so what they have done is different truckers have built like little pit stops along the way, little sinks or no, I'm going to go ahead, little oasises, sanctuary, little oasises of light that where they can charge their vehicles where they can get something to eat and where they can rest for the night until they get back on the road or well the night's the wrong word there isn't really a day anymore right just continue the journey and this one is called the neon away neon grove yes (laughs) very cool i mean i i'm familiar with this lighting so it's very cool Mm -hmm. they call them ports the oasis oh yeah the calm ports yeah I just only, I didn't remember it. I looked down and it said it. <laughs> She's right. like, we call them ports. Like ports in the storm. <laughs> yes. So this is where we get uh, the grandpa's like, mm-hmm. like past or whatever. His name is Augustus. Yeah. Well, this is where we find out that he's full of shit. Yes. So he gives her uh, this whole spiel that with her brother, with his brother, like they invented this machine and they're going to mm-hmm. be able to fix the thing. Yeah. Like he's... <laughs> He's a shyster. He is. Like he's he's one of those people like that we don't get a lot with the grandpa, but what we do get, like he's one of those people that is always the smartest guy in the room and he's used to like getting what he wants and what he wants is more important than anything else in that room. 
Right. And so what he wants is for her to take like him and his granddaughter to the sanctuary. Right. And so he's willing to say anything that will get that will get that trucker to do it for them and to do it happily. Mm-hmm. And so he's telling this whole goddamn story about how like he's he has plans for how to bring back the sun and there's like and in the sanctuary there's sun lamps and everything is bright and beautiful and there's deer and ooh. And she's just immediately like, no, I'm onto your bullshit. Like, I I live out here. I drive out here. I understand how things work. Like, you're not a moron. You knew not to touch, like, the specific plant because it's poisonous. Yes. Like, it, you would yes. know exactly what plant to rub on yourself to give yourself, like, a sunburn ra- rash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't lie to me. Yep, 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 yep. Exactly that. We start to see that, well, we get, this is, Miranda had touched base on this, but the whole, like, how the kids treated her when she was uh, Mm -hmm. back in her home, like, before she got adopted in her childhood. And that's why she is the way that she is. Like, yeah, (laughs) fuck people. Like, they just, they're fucking assholes. Um, But she, she, we also see that Emery's getting worse. So his hand is starting Mm -hmm. to be affected. It's getting darker. It's turning, like, a black color. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, we gotta, we gotta fucking go. Like we, I'm not fucking playing with this. We gotta go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bellwether gets to her. She's like, someone's chasing you. She's like, what the fuck? Like who? Um, and they're like, Blacktop Bill. She's like, the legend? Y'all are fucking with me. Like, you guys are playing. Right? <laughs> Within the context of this world, there's an urban legend about like this mysterious figure on the highways that slaughters people. Yeah. It's like the lady in white. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's seen the lady in white while they drive. Right. Um, this is where she- <laughs> have you seen I mean, the lady in white me I have not seen the lady in white I have seen the things that run what you've what never is heard that? of the things that run what is that no no it's like um in uh in deserts like when you drive through deserts uh sometimes you if you look off to the side you can see something running in the darkness no Miranda <laughs> I've not seen that <gasps> I'm gonna look this up and be so scared after <laughs> Yeah, I, my dream someday, if I ever decide that I am in fact now a writer and I wear scarves everywhere, be fancy. My dream, if I ever do that, is I want to go on like a road trip around like America and just write like a bunch of like, like, like urban legend style short stories. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Everywhere is scary. Deserts are scary. Mountains are scary. Forests are scary. Water is scary. Water (laughs) is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That I, is my dream. Hey everyone. Hi. If you have ever seen the things that run, please email us at the sidekicks at gmail.com. I want to read these stories. <laughs> we repeat the sidekicks spelled capital T H E, capital S E I D, capital K I C K S at gmail.com. Please and thank you. Or leave it in your <laughs> review. That's fine too. I'll read it on air. Yeah, leave us a five star review and we will read it live on air. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, Bellwether explains, like, hey, you're being chased. It's not really you. They're chasing the old man mm-hmm. and the kid. Uh, really, the old the old man. Um, yeah. And so she pulls a gun on him because the it's Val. Of course, mm-hmm. she's going to pull a gun on this man because now well, they're yeah, compromised. Because we, we went from this old man being, like, a bullshitter, but relatively harmless. Like, if he pays her, she doesn't. he can say whatever he wants to say so long as she gets the money. To now, this like bullshitter is actively dangerous. He's putting her and her brother at risk. Yes. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, we there. It's an escalated situation. She's like, you have to tell me the truth. And then who is there? Mm-hmm. Blacktop Bill with their 
fucking super cool looking cars. They got like a Lambo. Yeah. With his There's, gang. Yes. F like F J cruisers with like smiles painted on it's them. Very Mad Max. <laughs> it is Mad. Thank you, Mad Max. I was trying to think about it. Yes. Yeah. It's it's very Mad Max. Uh we never see any of these other characters again, by the way. No, we don't. We don't like care about we them. never see the rest of them. All we see is Blacktop Bill after that, but like in my head, I was like, is this what happens if Fast and the Furious was full of evil people? <laughs> right, it's Blacktop Bill all about the family. <laughs> this is like the prequel once they like run out of movies and they have to go back and be like dark and edgy. It's going to be these people. Yeah. Um, so uh, one thing I want to bring up before we move on is that Blacktop Bill like offers to recruit a bunch of the truckers if they'll turn Val in, if they turn Val over. And they don't. Yeah. And I thought that was like a really nice subversion of what would normally happen in like an action movie. In a horror movie too. Yeah, and in a horror movie. Like the fact that even though this is like a really shitty dystopia, there is still community and people do still look out for each other. People do still like despite all of Val's pass for all of Val's pessimism, like there are people in her corner. Yeah. Um unfortunately with uh, yeah, Bill does destroy their rigs. So that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons they don't go out to try to help and it is just bill v val (laughs) um but bill is there and he's like look i want them give me them um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna kill them regardless so whatever and she's like you could just make a choice like just give them over to me i don't care Mm -hmm. um and she's kind of like thinking about it she does like slow the car down it is a very cool like sequence she does stop it and starts like reversing the car to just give them up because she's like well if he's lying about that it's probably lying about the sanctuary too um yeah but something kind of like changes her mind um she uh what's his face the grandpa's like you want the truth we're in hell like this is that that's the truth we're in a really shitty situation mm-hmm. um and she's that resonates like, <laughs> there is no bringing back the sun this is a lifelong bullshit or giving up the bullshit right and it and- helps make her choice she drops the flash bombs and decides to take them to the sanctuary yep and then we have like a high speed chase that happens like it it really is fast it's a fast and the furious movie in just the middle of this comic book yes it's amazing (laughs) it's great it Uh, hits all the action like tropes (laughs) yeah yeah like including the weird innocuous female like figure object in the middle of it Mm mm-hmm absolutely like there's a little there's a neon cowgirl and yes and she's secretly a bomb yes <laughs> she's, she's called the cherry bomb it's so I, good as someone that grew up in vegas i loved it so much yes it was it was her like it's that girl um mm-hmm. at, at fremont yes um so good so they kaboom it and they just they plow through it like nothing happened like they didn't just drive through an explosion yeah uh, meanwhile, we have a flashback. Uh, the, uh, their kids are watching on the news about like the mutations, yeah, right. And they learn about like the different stages. And once the eyes have changed, there's no going back. Meanwhile, mom and dad have been getting real weird. They have. They've been talking a weird language. They've been bizarre. They're yep. locked downstairs. They are. And I this if this is getting adapted. I cannot wait to see this scene because this is terrifying. Um, 
in their lockdown in the basement calling the doors and they're rattling and they're scraping at the doors being like like kids like kids you can let us out now like we're okay everything's gonna be okay scary yeah and this is another moment where you see the difference between val and emery 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 has hope right emery believes that things are going to be all right val is very realistic so val is like no of course we're not opening the goddamn door and emery is like but they might be okay Mm -hmm. and once again val capitulates to emery it is not okay (laughs) no they open the door and we see like all black in essence and two red glowing eyes looking up at them terrifying yep oh i'd I'd lose my mind um yeah high speed chase is still happening Mm -hmm. uh they chase still (laughs) happening and then finally finally uh in the midst of this chase uh their rig gets harpooned by a taser and the taser drains their battery yeah uh which puts them in a really shitty situation because they're electric cars yeah and so like the the taser is stuck in the back of their rig they can't get it out without opening up the door and so the grandpa opens the door yeah and he gets harpooned before <laughs> that <laughs> once again impaled, impaled. <laughs> oh gosh anyway <laughs> he does get impaled he gets like brought back mm-hmm. um the little girl her name is bailey she he gives her a journal it's like you have to give this to my brother this is going to be like the solution to the world or whatever um yeah he gives her a journal because this book this book is n- nothing if not a student of like the genre yes it is a love like a love story not a love story a love letter to the to the genre Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i grew up watching this i want to be my own i'm making my own i'm not changing anything i'm following this like step by step yeah it works so he gets pulled out uh he gets tied to the top of the car and Mm -hmm. he we get like a switcheroo basically like gus his name's gus he's like oh i gave her a fake journal i have the real one keep this one like because again he's a bullshitter yeah and uh all he does he just lies he's the most unreliable one Uh, yeah so the bill is like i'm not gonna kill you you dumbass i'm gonna go ahead and let you turn into a shade Mm -hmm. and then you're gonna kill everybody into the outside of the car and just drives yikes you imagine he's harpooned also like he's injured on top of a car it's the fact that he survives long enough to become a shade is kind of which is incredible yeah no i don't think that would happen because he got harpooned like through the gut like it's really bad yeah like he's gonna get like like sepsis is gonna set in oh god yeah Mm -hmm. we get this other scene it's the two the two well it's bailey and val yeah so they have driven to another port yes and this port is a cave full of handprints that glow yeah and Which, um <laughs> get, knowing how little light glow like like phosphorescence gives off like the fact that this is like a safe haven it does not take much apparently no it is cool <laughs> if it's a cool visual then it works <laughs> that's yeah. the rule of comic book it's like the rule of cool um this so. is the part i believe where val is like yeah like people said that this is like ancient like these are ancient paintings but i doubt it it's just like people doing that and just lying to themselves because mm-hmm. val is a joy and a <laughs> rainbow 
to the world. Val is a wonderful protagonist in this dystopian world. She is so But good. she would be such a buzzkill at parties. She's like the Debbie Downer, the SNL skit, the Debbie Downer one that's like always like, well, did you know that like in order for us to eat this, we had to kill X amount of like animals to do it? And it's like the party and everyone's like, damn, okay, I guess you're right. Uh, but Val <laughs> is a good pro- protagonist, I think, because she is like this. Um, yeah. I think it's... Well, like... I feel for her. It's such a nice balance. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she's not the, the hashtag strong female character. No. You know? Like, she's not hardened. She's yeah. hard, but she's not hardened. There's mm-hmm. there's a reason why in every single, like, why they keep showing her capitulating to Emery. And it's kind of, you know, like it, it, like, it's to show that pragmatism still needs hope pragmatism still yields to hope and to the belief that things can be better even if it's not good right now right um yes so she and bailey are having a conversation um bailey's like oh grandpa said that this is like this is gonna be like the thing and val's like but it it probably isn't like he's a fucking liar (laughs) and um this is where we see the revelation that bailey was born after the sun had gone out um and that does like, i think this is what you're talking well i think this illustrates what you're talking about like she it does hit her in a way that like i don't think she's ever thought about it Where like oh i did get to see the sun and this little girl's never seen the sun she doesn't know what it is um which but adds she can to the still like but this little girl can still believe in sunlight right it adds to like the human the well-roundedness of the of the character yeah emery this entire time has been asleep right he's deteriorating yes he wakes up and this panel sequence is like panel, panel, panel of him sleeping. Last panel, he opens mm-hmm. his eyes and his eyes are red now. Which we've learned is like too far gone. Yeah. Like and his... I was like, ah, Emery, no. I, uh... Please, don't let it be bad. Yeah. I texted Elena and I was like, if Emery dies, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I hadn't read it then. I was like, oh my God, I don't know. And then like I read it and I was like... <gasps> I have to finish reading this so I know what happened. Yeah, Shout out it is- to volumizations because I would have lost my shit if I was reading this like monthly or whatever. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Not ready. Right. We are in issue four of six, mm-hmm. halfway there. Yeah. Uh, we're in a flashback. It has been a couple more days since we last checked in with like these little kids in the first month. It is. It's literally like day. It's Yeah. Like we're like less than a week in. Mm-hmm. Right. Mom and dad have deteriorated to the point where they're not even speaking anymore. They are just banging at the door. Oh, I um, love how they, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. I love how they depicted like them speaking a different language. Cause it's not like nobody, nobody knows about the language mm-hmm. and it's like speech bubbles that are like, kind of like ugly. And then they're filled in with black and then like white scribbles on top. So that's them like chattering at themselves. Oh, yeah. so scary. So, um, the government has put out uh, a, not a PSA, is it like a PSA? I don't know. They've given out a notice that like the military is in, has set up refuges, right? Like that are well lit and the military is going to go out and they're going to collect what survivors that they can and take them to these refuges, yeah. right? And so Emery and Val, who it is heavily implied are the only like survivors in the neighborhood at this point, they're trying to decide what to do. Emery wants to wait for like the grown-ups to come and fix things and Val is like if we stay here we are going to die and nobody is coming for us yeah like we're the grown-ups now look around yeah. did okay there's um I think it was an Australian show I watched it when I was like eight 
and I was obsessed with it. But the premise was that one day everybody over the age of 18 disappeared. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was like, um, it was a group of children that were living in a mall. And like, you had like the teenagers that are trying to take care of like the small children. And then you had the children are kind of in between who are just little shits no matter what. Yeah. This sounds familiar. Hmm. I was obsessed with it. And one of the things that like, I think happens in the show is that when somebody turns 18, they also vanish. They just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. It was a show, not a book. It was a show. It was a show that I watched. I swear it was like Australian. And it was on like, um, I don't know if it was, if the network was called Discovery Kids, but it was the same network as like Trading Spaces, Boys versus Girls. TLC. Um, that sounds very interesting. It sounds really familiar. The premise does at least. Um, but that is also, there's this other, I, there, hey everyone, it's me, Aleda. There's this book series called The, the Pretties that I read when I was like in high school. Yes. That's very good. I want to reread it. I'm scared it's garbage. Uh, but it's similar. Like when they're 16, they gotta, they get sent out of their communities to become like pretty. And it's dystopian. It's very cool. I should reread it. I, anyway, like, <laughs> it just reminded I, me. How it was always so close with my parents that like the, the whole premise that after, like when you turn 12, you just go to live in a dormitory with other teenagers. That was like, I could never do that. I could yeah. not imagine that. The fact that like the protagonist had no real emotional connection with her parents, so alien to me. Yeah, I was like a mama's girl. So mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm so grateful that like I had a like a, a good a, a good uh, relationship with my mom that I didn't. I, it, the running away part didn't resonate to me. Like the leaving home didn't resonate. The like trying to be like an adult kind of did. Like oh, like independent by yourself and like partying. Like that sounded fun. Um, but being by myself was never super fun. That was always scary. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to this. So yeah, somebody track that show down. Email us at the sidekicks at gmail.com. Refer to earlier recording. <laughs> tell, tell us your scary road stories. And then also what weird Australian like TV shows did you watch when you were like a kid? Absolutely. I want to know. Tell me the things. Um, read the pretties. If you read it and liked it, email me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so we, okay. The last time we left the, the issue, Emery was not doing good. His eyes are red. We mm-hmm. see that, you know, somebody has, they've noticed he's on dialysis again and his eyes are red. He's looking, he's deteriorating. Yeah. Um, Bailey does say like, hey, he's acting like himself again. Like he's not acting like very vicious or like an animal or right. or the monsters. Which like the implication that they had to wrestle him when he went like, when he was like kind of feral and biting at them, like they had to wrestle him into the rig. He, they went to sleep in the caves. Mm-hmm. Like that's oh. kind of terrible. That is scary. They didn't show that to us, thankfully. But uh, which, you know what, I do appreciate because I was really, I knew how I would react if they took his like humanity away Mm -hmm. in any moment. Because they're like, man, like Emery's like the most human of all of them. Like he's the one that is like him and Bailey. Yeah. are both like we can get to the sanctuary we can find a solution we can keep working to make things better like we don't have to live like val does which is like super dis- disconnected from things right so i'm really happy we didn't see that like on panel mm-hmm. not really i think there might be a small version of it but not no really. like not till the very end um so. so yeah so they've made it to tipton the original place that she was gonna go to to find like the sunlight and it's dead oh uh, yeah 
Uh, yeah. It was attacked by shades, by human shades. Yeah. And uh, sort of the hallmark of human shades is that they scare even other shades. <laughs> yeah, they're the apex. Yeah. So when they attack a settlement, there is nothing left. It mm-hmm. is empty. Um, see. So, and they they go to the person that Val was going to do a job for, who promised her a sun lamp. Yeah. Right. And this sun lamp is does enough as like a stopgap method that Emery reverts back to his humanity for mm-hmm. long enough for them to get to the coordinates uh, that they yes. need to take Bailey to. And he's like, just leave me behind. And he's crying. Mm-hmm. I'm like Val, oh my god. Yeah. They're okay though. They're okay. And it's okay. Um. I'm just emotional. <laughs> so yeah, they're going to the coordinates. We see terrifying Gus on top of this car, tied. He's turned into a, a shade or a smudge. Yeah. Um, this is where this is where we find out Bellwether is still looking out for her for her people. Yes. Uh, and so Bellwether is radioing around trying to find information on like Blacktop Bill, mm-hmm. right? Trying to get help. And this is there's some sort of conspiracy that's have going on it's very hush hush yeah and but she finds out sort of what is what the deal is with blacktop bill and then bellwether gets that information to val mm-hmm. right yes um we see bailey and val they're you know becoming closer she tells her like hey get a like a a name like a what does she call it a call sign a call sign thank you the truckers all have call signs yeah uh, that's a thing in real life too yeah i kind of figured i was like oh this seems like for real because yeah. like i watched this show during the quarantine lockdowns uh <laughs> it was called like semi truck something i don't know it's in australia and there were semi semi truck drivers and it was just like their experience yeah and they would call each other like hey big daddy hey big daddy bill like where you at like oh bertha's coming down the line it was very cool uh, they essentially so. <laughs> it was a crazy time i watched a lot of media during that time that's uh, fair that's fair uh but that's val is telling like the little girl that like she can drive the rig as soon as she picks out a call sign and traditionally your call signs are something that you're scared of and that's when she also talks about why she is called sundog a sundog if you don't know is is false sunlight it is like a flash in the sky when it is dark and this kind of again goes back to Val being like, I fucking hate false hope. <laughs> yes, she's been hurt too many times. Yeah. Um, again, their rig is dying. The battery is dying. They did have mm-hmm. enough charge to kind of like get themselves there. They were like hopeful. It dies. Yeah. They're like, Ugh, we got to no, run through it's, this. It's if you've ever had a car that like you need I to have. replace the battery, but the auto zone doesn't open until Monday mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to keep jumping it to get from place to place. So many times. If that is a problem that you're experiencing, you can buy like a small jumper now. Mm-hmm. So it's on Amazon. That yeah, saves so you don't me. have to rely on the kindness of strangers. Yes. Yeah. So they're running through. Then we get like a shootout, like a shoot fight. Well, well yeah, because like the rig dies and they are like 200 meters away from the court nets. Ugh, can you imagine? Oh, so Christ. For it. And the shades are upon them and whoosh, scary scariness. And they're running up. And then who is there? Not grandpa, but his brother. Yeah, Tiberius. Tiberius. Um, I will say that naming your children, your twins, Augustus and Tiberius, is setting them up for failure. Yeah, they do mention it. He does. He's like, even they fucking named us like this. Like, of course, we hated each other. Mm-hmm. But he uh, pops out of the ground. And, over. <laughs> and Val sees sunlight. 
five. So another flashback, it's mm-hmm. them as kids in the ref the refuge. Um, yep. Because it turns out that once again her capitulating to Emery was not necessarily a bad decision. Somebody did come to get them. Yeah. Like somebody uh, came to get them, somebody rounded up their parents from the basement and started to treat them. And yeah. they're relatively safe now. Yeah. Um, but Val can't trust it. No, because it's Val. Yeah. Um, that's her toxic trait. <laughs> right. She keeps her backpack full of batteries close at all times. She really does. There's a part of her. Um, yep. Okay. So they're in there. There's sunlight. They're like, we can help um, your brother. Come on. Like, he's kind of far gone. Bring him in. And this is this beautiful. If you ever played Final Fantasy VII, the Ooh. cathedral. That's yes. exactly what this is. It's like a bed of flowers and then a bed in the middle of it. And he's supposed to go into, they call it the cradle. And mm-hmm. like all that direct sun or light is going to heal him. Yes. It's called Lux. It's sunlight plus, plus ultra. Yeah. <laughs> and But like the moment as like we've got this shred of hope and this like, oh my goodness, everything's going to be okay. He deteriorates. Yeah, he attacks. lunges at her and he's speaking like the creature's language and like the guards are shooting at them mm-hmm. and everything goes dark. Um, we cut back and he's laying on the bed. They were able to get him on the bed and he is healed yep. from what we see. His eyes are normal. Um, that's we assume it. his that's the gums biggest... are normal. Yeah, they didn't show it. I thought they did. And I was like, oh, the gums are normal. I just assumed that yeah. they showed it. But he's he's healed. <laughs> Listen, in the first issue, we made like a big point of checking people's gums, and the sec, and then after that, we just kind of forgot about it. Right. So I'm gonna assume someone did it. Um, <laughs> um, we also learned that still is his his line, his call line, call tag. Yeah. And it's because he hates being still. Like he wants, wants to keep doing more. Yeah. Which you know, Val's the thing Val hates the most is false hope, and the thing like her brother hates the most is doing nothing. Yeah. So you know, that's siblings. Hashtag siblings. Uh, okay, um, we come back to the other bullshitter, which is Tiberius. <laughs> they're just bullshitter one and bullshitter two, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So he comes up, and they're having a discussion, and then she. I think this is like the first time we see her be hopeful like we can live here yeah and they're having this conversation but he reveals that they just casually have human shades like behind a glass yeah well one of the things that's really interesting to me with this is that like these human shades you know presumably they've been shades for years now right and they <laughs> look like grim reapers <laughs> yeah it's like they're the elder shades <laughs> yeah the elder shades yeah but one of the things that gets revealed is that they are different from humans on like a genetic level now yes like they are so very different they speak their own languages their very brain chemistry is different and what we also reveal is that it isn't just outside darkness that creates shades it's any darkness like the reason why they have all of these shades in containment is because way back when the darkness first hit and all the rich people went into their bunker they used to let them control the lights and some of them just turned them off and Ugh, terrifying can you imagine no what yikes um they called them homo nocturnus which is cool or the apex which is also very cool and terrifying yeah Um, so yeah we're seeing val and she's kind of like we can stay here like this this would be great for emery and be great for bailey like they'd be safe here um blah blah blah. emery wakes up she goes over there they hug each other so sweet sobs Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, and like, 
Val's happy because Val is like, I did it. I got yes. us here. Yeah. Like, woo, we're done. And she's so excited to like to share this with Emery being like, this is like the place that we're going to stay. And then Emery's like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Emery's like in a very unique position now because he did turn into a shade. Mm-hmm. Or he went through the process of turning into one. So he understands like their side of things too. Yeah. So he's like, I heard things. Like I know what they feel. Like I know what they're feeling. And and like the EOs or enemies, I don't know. Like I couldn't see it all. And yeah, I was like, like, hush, hush, hush. It's fine. Like, they're you're not human just mindless now. animals. They have a plan. They're doing something. Right. Throughout this book, we've been returning to Val asking Emery, like, what happened? Because she knows that he snuck out of like their refuge town. And that's how he got infected with the darkness. She doesn't know what he was doing. And so this entire book, she's been asking him and he's either been putting her off or he's been giving her half answers. At one point, he says that he was like working on something. He was trying to work on creating like false sunlight. And hopefully the false sunlight would heal just a little patch of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it just it didn't work. And then he lost track of the time and then he got infected. Yeah. In this one, he reveals because they're fighting over about what they should do because he is filled with conviction. He cannot stay still. He cannot stay here. And Val wants to keep him safe. That is what Val has been doing for the past 13 years is keeping her and her brother safe. And he reveals that like it wasn't that he lost track of time. It was deliberate. He would rather die doing something than to live not doing something. Yes. He wants to help. Mm -hmm. And he needs to help. And so even if like she stays he will not yes she is pissed because what the fuck i was yeah. being a good big sister and i listened to you when i wasn't going to listen to you i wasn't going to get our parents out i listened to you all these times and i try mm-hmm. to do this and it's not enough and nothing's ever enough for you so what's your answer when will it be enough and he just says i guess i hope the answer is never and she thought that thoughts we're staying and walks away like <laughs> the most big sister way. Right. Bailey comes over. She's like, hey, so I got my call sign. <laughs> it's Piper Nate, based mm-hmm. off of a bird, Sandpiper, because they're solitary and she doesn't want to be solitary. So Yeah. Well, because like it's this little girl has never seen sunlight. She has hope. And even though Val has decided that they're staying, like this little girl knows that they're not staying. Yeah. She's like, well, whatever, I'm going to be with you guys. So like, we're a convoy now because it's all about the family. It's all us. We're back to Batman. Uh, Val gets up in the middle of the night. She's going to go talk to Tiberius. And who is Tiberius talking Mm to? Because he hired him. Yep. Okay, so back at the refuge. We're at six now, issue six. We go back to the refuge. We see Mm -hmm. that the parents, because while they're at the refuge, like the parents are being treated, they're doing whatever they were doing. And at a certain point, the scientists realized that it's not happening and they were going to go tell everybody. Yeah, they were going to euthanize the shades. Yes, which... Uh, it's a hard tough situation. tough decisions had to be made yeah like it's it's a hard decision because like we're in a since what two weeks into darkness mm-hmm. to like the big pm they call it mm-hmm. right we're like two weeks in and people are having to adjust to a reality that their loved ones are mutating and then they think that the doctors are going to help them and it seems like the doctors are helping them and then all of a sudden the doctors are saying no no, no we can't help them we have to kill them all now yeah 
and so that causes a, a tiff a no you're not and then the shades come out and they do what the shades do and they do they do say that like their body composition is like sharp like if you touch mm-hmm. them they cut you so they just razor through everything yeah <sighs> terrifying the refuge fell in less than five minutes oh gosh <sighs> and then it cuts back to val being like fuck this motherfucker fuck Tiberius and his stupid ass brother too so she's like she has the gun pulled out on him and she's gonna kill him like absolutely she hits oh she hits it there's just no bullet in it so it just Mm -hmm. clink uh and I was like damn she's badass (laughs) she was just gonna kill his ass holy shit um of course more people with guns come out they they're pointing it at her and she has puts her hands up um and that Tiberius is like whoa you guys are not going anywhere by the way Um, dude and then like so Tiberius has her and he gathers her brother and Bailey because, like, he's in essence going to have them killed, right? Yeah. Like, it, he, the plan was always to have them killed. Yes. You know. Uh, but the strange thing is that if you notice, uh, she's in sleep clothes when they come oh, to get her. Like, she's yeah. in a tank top and yoga pants. Yep. And she's fully dressed in the next panel. In the next panel, yeah. She is wearing her full suit. Like, they they apparently were like, get your Go shit get on. <laughs> <laughs> She has I to refuse cool. to kill civilians unless they're fully clothed. They have you have to look like an action hero yeah. with your like half cape. <laughs> right. So that is an interesting note. I didn't notice it until right now, but that does happen. Yeah. And this is where it is revealed that Tiberius has a massive inferiority complex. <laughs> it's always it's gosh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like my brother's always like the good brother. And, mm-hmm. like, my parents set us up. I fucking hate him. Womp, yeah. womp, womp. Like, so he I... literally ruined the world. And then and I was just, like, the money guy for him. And they're like, hold on. Pause, pause, pause. Let's go back. You were the money guy? Doesn't that mean you also ruined the world? Because capitalism? He's like, no. He did it. I was just right. collecting profits. I My inaction didn't cause anything. Um, <laughs> and Bailey... I am just a poor, simple businessman. I am such a poor billionaire. Yeah. Wow. Right? All of these people won't pay rent. Uh, so Bailey's like, you did that to your own brother. And he goes like, he fucking deserved it. <laughs> like he says that. I, <laughs> you know what? He kind of deserved it. Yeah. But it's just funny. <laughs> he mm-hmm. did. He was a con man, like a snake oil guy. Anyway, so they established that they're a really shitty family. <sighs> yeah. Bill comes through. Oh, not yet. There's a fight. The full, like fist fist fight happens. Right. So like he needs the journal that uh, Gus gave Bailey mm-hmm. uh, because he's in he's in a sanctuary, but it's not the best sanctuary. It's like a podunk sanctuary, and he wants to go to the Miami of sanctuaries. Yes, he wants. And- to- <laughs> he's on like level. 20 but he needs to be on penthouse level and like it's just right. not enough anymore no when, when enough is never enough mm-hmm. and so he is threatening bailey he's basically like if you give me that book then you can live like it's fine you can just stay in this nice happy little room and it's cool and bailey tells him where the book is and then yeah. he's immediately like you know kill them all <laughs> yes very villain mm-hmm. um bill comes in because we kind of learned that they're like trying to figure out the babble which is like the language of the 
shades. Yeah. They call it the HEPA tongue. The HEPA tongue, yeah. I, I'm sure HEPA has like an actual deeper meaning within this book, but in my head, I was just like, in my, I was like, cool. So they all sound like HEPA filters. That's exactly what I was like. So the HEPA filter. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I was having every time we have like those little speech bubbles. I'm just like, <laughs> maybe I change the filter on that. <laughs> Uh, so they huddle together. Okay, so we cut back to Bill, and he's like, yeah, go kill him, whatever. So yeah. Bill's gonna go back to kill them, and then Emery is like, oh, here, and like throws the flash pops. They have are- created a trap, yes. because they realize that, um, theoretically, most of the people that live in this, like, refuge, most of the people that live in the sanctuary, uh, have been sealed in their room. And the only people that are out and about right now are, uh, Tiberius and his people, mm-hmm. and now Bill. And so they're like, fuck it. What if we release the shades? Yep. And they do. <laughs> and they do make a sound. And she talks about it a little earlier. They go, it's like a hush sound. Yeah, they make like a... <laughs> yes. Have a filter sound. Yes. <laughs> they do exactly that. Um, yeah. They, they release just... the shades. They start running out. <laughs> Through people. Yeah, and... no, they slice them. And they, by doing this, they effectively destroy the sink. Yeah. Like, that is something that we do see. We see someone who looks like a child who is living in the sanctuary who gets ripped to pieces. Yeah. So, you know. That does happen. It's not all heroes. Yeah. It's it's definitely echoing, like, the flashback story about, like, the people, uh, the people who destroyed, like, the refuge in the first month. Mm-hmm. You know, by being unable to accept the reality that is now. Yeah. Right? And releasing the shades and the shades kill everybody. And then here... It's not that they can't accept the reality. It's that they refuse to accept the reality and they release the shades and the shades kill everyone. Um, <laughs> they run out. Yeah. Yay. They run out. Tiberius runs out with them and he's mm-hmm. like well, finger wagging. <laughs> and yeah. Who comes through to give Tiberius a friendly hug from behind? <laughs> I. It's brotherly love. It's his long lost brother. Yeah. Um. There is some level of like established, like zombie, not zombie, shade. Gus looks at mm-hmm. Bailey, doesn't attack them, and Bailey says thank you. Um, and they run to the rig, yeah. and it's dead, but there's gravity, so they're able to drive down a hill. They're mm-hmm. driving, they're driving. I think we see a sun so, dog. Yeah, well, we see a light on the horizon, mm-hmm. and this is where we get like sort of the closing monologue from Val of like her contemplating, like everyone always asks, like, where were you? And I've talked about, like, she's talked about where she was physically. She talked about where she was, like, um, like mentally. And this is where she's talking about where she was emotionally. Emotionally, she was in that moment where her entire world was, a, was like, a cruel darkness. And it exploded into light and love and family. And as they're going down this hill, the cavalry is here because Bellwether is there. And, like, the rest of their convoy and crew here to help them and save the day yeah and that's where i was the, like the ending lines are that's where i was the morning the light came back or that's so, not the ending line. there's other things uh, good yeah we also yeah. see bellow bellow bellwether yeah. bellwether sorry mm-hmm. she was at that refuge with them and she helped save them get out of there yeah she's like she's just a couple years older so it's children helping children yeah. <laughs> but it's like at this entire time we see val and we see like val in these flashbacks is so grown up but she's like 11 but yeah. she's grown up because she has to be in contrast to emery who's nine right but in this panel where we meet b who's probably like 13 14 like this is the first panel where val looks like a fifth grader 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful moment. <laughs> yeah. But because it's comics and we know there's going to be another volume, we have to, mm-hmm. we don't end there. We end with uh, the big bad guy yep. uh, saying, okay, Shades, let's get to know one another. It's going to be ultimate evil now because he's yeah. going to control the Shades. He has like a, a helmet that he's yeah. holding on to. It's implied he's going to learn to speak their language. Yes. He too will make the <laughs> sound. <laughs> absolutely and that's the end of volume one there are more like i said there's two and uh three well i haven't read two or three but miranda would you recommend this oh absolutely i had a lot i had a lot of fun reading that would you recommend this yes i would recommend it immediately totally (laughs) if you like action if you like adventure if you like good storytelling read noctera um yeah no honestly it was it was really good it was really it was a very pretty comic to read it was it's really nice it's easy on the eyes as people say um but yeah next week what will we be reading miranda uh so i have two options um there is a horror comic (gasps) uh that has a lot of gore okay or there's like a really fun superhero comic starring like a 13 year old girl how are you feeling emotionally? Do you want to cover another child? <laughs> <laughs> Do I want to cover another child? Well, because I Kill Giants was kids. Oh, yeah. Noctera uh, deals with childhood. Right. <laughs> Let's just keep on that theme. <laughs> okay. So the little girl comic? Yeah. Great. We are going to be reading Moon Girl and Devil <gasps> Dinosaur. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been wanting to know more about Moon Girl. Yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> so excited. Sorry. I, I did. I am excited. I keep seeing the Funko. Like they had her Funko pop everywhere. I'm like, she's so cute. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. So we'll be reading Moon Girl for mm-hmm. next week. Um, Miranda, where can the people find you? Well, if you'd like to reach out to me directly, I am Dynamite Miranda on TikTok. I repeat, Dino is in Dinosaur. Mighty is in Mighty Mouse Miranda. That's my name. Don't wear it out. I am your friendly neighborhood amateur Batman historian. Additionally, I go live on TikTok twice a week on Thursdays and Saturdays at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time if you want to come and check out my vibe. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to us as a group, you can send us an email at thesidekicks at gmail.com. I repeat, thesidekicks, capital T-H-E, capital S-E-I-D, capital K-I-C-K-S, at gmail.com. If you have a recommendation, if you have a critique, if you have a scary highway story, if you work in the industry and would like to talk to us, we would love to talk to you. Feel free to send us an email at thesidekicks at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram as thesidekicks, capital T-H-E, capital S-E-I-D, capital K-I-C-K-S, where we post pictures of all of our shenanigans. Additionally, feel free to leave a leave us a review. If you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on air. If you leave us a funny one, we will read it in a funny voice. Alayda, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram as comfy act they can find me at tiktok uh as orchata chica i am more active on tiktok it's just an easier program to uh road to a thousand y'all come follow me (laughs) Um, yeah let's do it i have to set like measurables oh my Uh, gosh if you get to a thousand then we can do lives together we could that'd be so cool (laughs) we do like uh little panels or something because i don't like your people your your folk talk to you (laughs) yeah um (laughs) 
but yeah everyone thanks again for listening to us we don't have an outro song so every week i come up with a jingle this week's book was super fun it was like a dystopian road trip something you'd watch on the sci-fi channel back before it went defunct womp (laughs) 